Hello and welcome to the tavern. Uh, we are sponsored by Mad World. Check them out at www.itsworldmadness.com. Don't miss out. We've got a Tavern X Mad World hoodie on sale now. Let's go ahead and check that out when you get a chance. Uh, we are powered by StreamYard as always. So thank you, StreamYard, for hooking us up uh, tonight. We are excited to welcome Liz Eaton, uh, author, podcast host, and skeptic turned believer in the existence of an afterlife. After the passing of her father, Liz began exploring the possibility of a life beyond death, and her findings have challenged even her own atheism. Today, she shares with us a unique perspective on the scientific evidence for an afterlife. Liz, how are you? I'm great. Thank you. How are you? Fantastic. We are very excited to have you on. Uh, we've got a big uh, audience ready to hear what you've got to say tonight. Uh, would, before we get started, would you like to give any kind of shout out or any kind of um, you know, links that you want people to go check out so they can reach out to you if they enjoyed tonight's episode? Oh, definitely. So probably see my website scrolling there, which is wtfjusthappened.net. And I'm really active on Instagram, which is just at WTF underscore just underscore happened. And you can link to all that on my website too. So awesome. hope to hear from any of you. Absolutely. And if y'all need any of that information, it will be uh, in the show notes afterwards. So you'll be able to find all those details uh, anywhere that you're checking this out after the show goes live. You'll be able to find those. Landon, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Tonight? Hey, I'm Landon. Yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, we are also powered by StreamYard. Yes, I said that. Oh, I, I didn't hear that. But I just <laughs> you just wanted to get that in a second time. Uh, so we got quite a bit of questions for you tonight. I don't know that we're going to get through all of them. We tend to overwrite questions ahead of time. Um, but let's open up with the first one. Can you share with us your personal journey of examining the evidence of an afterlife and how that has changed your perspective on life and death? You have like three hours. <laughs> so, <Right? laughs> that's, okay, so I will do a summarized version. So interestingly, yes. I heard you guys said I'm a believer in the afterlife and I wouldn't say that's actually accurate. I think there's okay. a preponderance of evidence that would make it a possible, highly likely conclusion, which is seriously better than assuming that it's absolutely impossible, which is what I originally thought. I think it's the most likely explanation given all I've researched, but I'm not 100% convinced. And to give a long story short, the uh -huh. very first thing I found, it was kind of a desperate shot in the dark. And my first thought was, okay, let's say consciousness is created by our brain neurons. And that happened once. Now, why could that never happen again? It wouldn't necessarily be myself, but it would be another human and maybe a couple hundred years that still would be an experience of a self which is better than total obliteration which is what i thought at the time so the very first person i found was a child psychiatrist called dr jim tucker and he is also a professor at the university of virginia and he researches cases of kids with past life memories and from a very science-based perspective and so i discovered him and I started to delve into his studies and was just like, what the fuck? This is crazy. And then from there, I found a whole department at the University of Virginia that is studying various evidence of an afterlife from a very science-based perspective. So that was the very first thing. And that opened up my whole research. Okay. So when you say 
they have they have memories of a past life. Can you give a little more、yes. detail on that? That sounds interesting. Yeah, it's really crazy. It's so interesting.、Um, so I guess one of his most famous cases. I can discuss that. It's、um, the James Leininger case,、okay. and there was a little boy who started to. I mean, it's so. In depth, I'm just again going to give a brief summary, but really worth getting into in some of Dr. Tucker's books and studies. So he started having, was about three years old, and he started having just trauma-based nightmares. And he would scream, "Plane on fire, little man go down! Plane on fire, little man go down!" And he would kept drawing about plane crashes, and he would call himself James Three, and they thought he was James, and he's three years old. And after a lot of research, well, for example, he had these dolls,、um, and he named one had red hair, one black hair, and I guess one blonde hair. And he each he gave them each a different name, and they were little they were little like male dolls. Yeah. And he also went to an exhibit on different planes, and he knew all these details about planes. There were no pilots in his family, just stuff he could not know. That's when they found Dr. Jim Tucker. This boy was like playing. He said his dreams and his play was the way children who experience real trauma play in this sort of obsessive way. So it was like he was processing a trauma,、yeah. and lots of research. They traced him to a person, also called James, who had passed away. Hence the James three, because this boy's father in this life was also called James. So he's like, I'm the third James. I was James. Then my dad's James. I'm James again, and. After a lot of research, they found the man who he was. The dolls matched the names of people who'd been in his Air Force troop. What there was one with blonde hair, one with red hair, one with brown or black hair, and it matched the names. He met his old Air Force buddies who were now seventy. They shared some memories, and it was just insane. That was just one of many cases. That's the strongest, but there were others that were verified. That way,、yeah. no, they never talk about karma. They don't talk about, you know, the spirituality that you often hear of talk about reincarnation, and they don't even really use the word reincarnation. It's just cases of kids with past life memories. Yeah, this is one of many cases. So,、yeah. I just started delving into that. Like I, so, I heard a very interesting perspective on like reincarnation. For example, was that. Imagine you are a celestial consciousness, that you are a celestial spirit or whatever, and you're given the opportunity to come to Earth and inhabit a body for a very short amount of time, like a speck in the cosmos. You know, a hundred years, if you're lucky, is a speck in time. You know, and they're like, wouldn't you do?、It? Because if not, like, how do you experience all of that? You know, happiness, sadness. You know the, the anger. You know all of these emotions and feelings that you get to experience while being alive. So, as this cosmic entity, if you were given that opportunity, you'd want to go back and experience that again. So, it it almost feels like it could be recycled. As you know, once you're gone, you're back in the queue, waiting for your next chance to come back and experience that little blip of happiness or sadness or anger or whatever it was. And it, I don't know. I thought that was a cool perspective. I, I thought it was an interesting little take on that. That is an interesting take. Yeah, I never quite heard it that way, but I like that. That makes it very fun. Like we're here playing a game or having an experience, which you know, life、yeah. can get stressful. So that makes it sound a lot more fun. 
I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, like if, if you could that. imagine there being some sort of, you know, supreme creator is like, hey, you're up. You want to go back? Mm -hmm. You're like, yeah, I want to go back. I get to experience all of those things that makes life amazing. Absolutely. I want to go back. Let me have my shot again. You know, I didn't get to yeah. do this last time. I would love to go back, you know, and I just think it was a very interesting perspective. Um, so our next question is how oh, it's covering. It goes, how do you reconcile reconcile your skepticism and atheism with the evidence that you have found for an afterlife? Okay, well, I'll start first with atheism. Evidence that our consciousness is not created by a brain and is some form of non-local that we haven't identified yet that somehow exists in a cloud and downloads and, for lack of better words, quantum entangles with the brain. How, that has nothing to do with God. I, I mean, to jump to say that consciousness is not created by a brain oh my there's a god i mean that's just a huge leap i just don't <laughs> even think the two have anything to do with each other it could there possibly be god i mean i'm i'm so shocked by everything i discovered i won't say i know for a fact but i i've seen zero evidence that the answer is god and one supreme consciousness that created all of this the only thing that seems to be evidence is a lot of phenomena that is happens that is not explicable if our consciousness is created by a brain and the best conclusion seems to be that our consciousness is downloaded by a brain and continues after our bodies have died and existed before now skepticism that just means you don't really ideally i mean there's a lot of skeptic skeptics that some people would refer to as ardent disbelievers so Skepticism just means you don't really believe stuff. You examine, you want evidence. Maybe I should say I'm an evidentialist, but. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. You're but... right. A lot of people, I think, miscon they misunderstand skepticism because I think with everything in life, you need to be a little bit skeptical because if not, you're going to be fooled. It comes down right. to everything. You need to be in a mindset of asking questions and wanting to know the why and how behind something where you just got the wolf pull over your eyes over everything. So I don't think being a skeptic is necessarily a bad thing. And I think it gets a little twisted sometimes in people's perspectives. I agree. Yeah. I think it's about wanting evidence. I think it's about not believing without having a reason to in an ideal way. I mean, you hear something, you're not just like, oh, I believe that. It, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of stuff studying this people just say and I'm like well why would I believe that like you're asking me just to believe and you're providing no reason no evidential reason and so I just think I've concluded this based on skepticism and evidence rather than belief exactly that makes sense and you know yeah and I don't want to discredit anyone who believes you know but for example mm -hmm. I am a Christian but okay. at the end of the day I understand the want for more knowledge and that I have, I have a much more logical brain. So even though I, I believe I can completely understand where someone comes from wanting more evidence because a lot of it does come down to just blind faith and that's not for everybody. And you know, it, it's one of those things where everyone has a unique perspective on it. And so are skeptics atheists? Ooh, that is a good question. Are skeptics atheists? I, I don't think that's necessarily true. I don't think that's how I don't I think it's, it's a bad way to I'll let you take this one <laughs> I think they can be they don't have to be someone could be believe in a god and be, 
you know, I would be surprised if everybody doesn't have some areas they just live by belief and some areas they question. So I think that they could be skeptical and questioning loads of things and being like, oh, I don't believe that. I'm skeptical of this. I'm skeptical of that. But religion happens to be one area where they're just belief based. Yeah. Landon, what's up, buddy? I was going to basically uh, say about the same thing. Uh, it depends on the subject that you're talking about. You could be skeptical about many different things, but when you're possibly skeptic about religion, then it's possible you're either open-minded, you could be an atheist or agnostic of sorts, uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're an atheist just because you're skeptical of the religion. Exactly. And, and honestly... You- some- Oh, go ahead. I apologize. No, oh, no, no. Sorry. Go on. I interrupted you. Say, some of the strongest religious people are very skeptical, you know, and especially if they're very serious about the religion, they're going to question those things and look for answers. So, I mean, if you don't look for those answers, how can you say that you're truly, you know, that invested in your religion? You should be questioning and looking for things to help back up your beliefs. And you can be skeptical of other things. You could be, maybe you don't even examine. Maybe you take religion, you're just like, I believe it. This is what I was raised with. And it's important to you, which, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with. I don't want anyone to think I have a problem with religion just because I'm not religious. But you could be completely skeptical of other things. You could be like, I question, I mean, take anything. You could live as a fairly skeptical person, like not trusting what's presented to you in many other ways so absolutely absolutely great question audience by the way i really appreciate that that was a good one um what are some of the most compelling pieces of scientific evidence that you have encountered that suggest an afterlife may exist well i gave the one of um dr tucker and he also had a mentor who's passed away dr ian stevenson the cases of kids with past life memories um i'll give a few another is mediumship there are psychic mediums who are get getting studied for levels of accuracy they're being studied under strict controls which eliminates any chance of cheating any chance of cold reading and they're doing up a place called windbridge which is founded by dr julie beichel and mark bacuzzi they study mediums putting them up under up to quintuple blinded studies and they're getting accurate results significantly beyond the odds of chance knowing things like i mean like personalities to deceased loved ones relationship to the sitter memories age they passed away and only a small percent of mediums are that accurate but you only need a small percent to be good at it to show that consciousness could survive and then there's near-death experiences. That's another one I think is really strong. And that's when people pass away and they're resuscitated. And I think as medicine gets better and better, we're gonna get more of those. And they, I mean, some of the evidence that comes back is remarkable. I mean, they claim being out of their body, they see things, they have sensory input. They One aspect I think is fascinating is called peak Indarian and a lot of them will report seeing deceased loved ones, but some will report seeing deceased, someone they had not known had passed away. And they will be confused about why they're there with their deceased loved ones. And then they'll find out when they come back that the person had passed away. Um, They'll be told things like, oh, I, like they might say, let's say they see their deceased grandfather, the grandfather might be like, oh, 
I put this paper in this drawer and then it's verified. And this isn't frequent, but it happens enough. And again, if you just have this happen a few times, that's evidence. Yeah, very true. I like that. Uh, I know I watched, I can't remember what the name of the, the thing was that I watched, but it was the perspective of people who had died and been brought back. And a lot of them ex said they experienced that same out-of-body experience and they were able to like as if they were watching themselves on the operating table down to pinpoint accuracy describe what had happened to them while they were completely biologically scientifically dead for all of like let's say five minutes or whatever however long it took and they were able to tell exactly what had happened to them because they saw it from that third perspective and that to me is insane but i have one lady who she saw she died and when they brought her back she immediately was like go to i don't know it was like the third floor you know, second room because she's going to jump off that out the window of this building. And they're like, what? And they're like, she's like, go like, right now. So they go. And sure enough, one of the patients on the opposite side of the hospital is getting ready to jump out of the window and she saved her from committing suicide. Like what? How do you explain that? That is amazing. Yeah. And you start hearing more and more stories like that. And some are funny. Like this one, I just think is funny. This one man was being resuscitated and he, passed away on the operating table. They resuscitated him and he came back and he said to the doctor, this is really weird. Why are you flapping your arms like you were a bird? And the doctor, apparently he would tuck his hands under his armpits after he sanitized his hands and use his elbows to point at his assistants and the nurses because he thought it kept his hands more sanitary. So when he had to actually go in for the surgery, he, it kept his hands sanitized. So he would That's be crazy. like this and, you know, someone <laughs> floating above was like, it looks like a chicken. <laughs> so that was, you know, some of them were funny. So I know that, uh, you know, I've, I've come to, I guess, near death, uh, myself. I suffocated on my own, uh, vomit and on the middle of the interstate at like four o'clock in the morning, I uh, tried to Heimlich myself, um, and it, it wasn't working. I literally fell to the ground and blacked out, uh, saw nothing but blackness. Um, and somehow or another, it just, it came and I was, you know, it's brought, brought back in. Um, but I've actually had dreams, uh, where I've met my, uh, my Mima who died and as well as my mother who's died. Um, both a year after year to the day of their death is when they came back and they would tell me stuff of the future that I'm not supposed to know, I guess. And it always came out very wonky, like, you know, uh, so I, I think that's kind of interesting as well. That's amazing. That's, mm -hmm. you know, it's so interesting. The more people I talk about, I mean, you're not writing books about this, talk about this publicly, the more people I talk about, talk with this topic about more will just personally just say hey I have this one weird thing and it'll be little stories like that and it seems so many people have that type of experience Atlanta's always had a more I guess a spiritual connection you know to that kind of thing uh so he's he's an interesting one for sure <laughs> um how do you respond to skeptics who dismiss the evidence for an afterlife as anecdotal or unscientific? I mean, I think that's the really reasonable conclusion until they start examining it. If they're cured, I mean, I did the exact same thing. 
And also, I mean, people have a right to think what they want. It doesn't really affect me. You know, I mean, if they're curious to discuss it, I'm more than happy to discuss it. If they're in grief as well and are like, I just can't believe this. There's no way I'll give them as much time as they need to sit and talk about it. But otherwise, like, I think that's a really logical conclusion. I mean, it's really weird. Like how, because we can't figure out how the mechanism works. Like how does consciousness like what substance is it and how does this work how does it download into a brain so i think it's a reasonable conclusion and you know it doesn't really affect me what other people conclude like this is really some of the most complicated questions of the universe like people can of course very logically think whatever they'd like and i you know i love the way that you describe it as like downloading into a brain because that it makes a lot of sense in the era that we live in and it's a great way to describe it to someone who may not necessarily understand what you're trying to convey to them but everyone knows how you download something from the cloud you know that makes sense in this generation so that's a wonderful way i think to describe it Um, yeah that's what it seems to be some substance that is similar to a cloud that we don't really understand i mean a few data scientists probably do understand how the cloud works but the average person doesn't and it, yeah, exactly. i would i guess it's the same model where information stored and then downloads the brains i i think that is probably the most logical conclusion if you're on the fence of is there a supreme creator or not and let's say you're closer to that not side that is a very logical way to understand that topic is that it works like the cloud and you're downloading content i just i love the concept of how that works it makes a lot of sense um we're going to move on to this next one here i'm going to try to get one more question in before landon pops in with his big one uh how do you approach the topic of an afterlife with those who may be experiencing grief or struggling to come to terms with mortality well because i've been in the same position i came to this through grief i will just I try to tailor it a little bit to each person. Everyone, I think, needs to hear it their own way. I'll just say, I'm an atheist. I like to tell people I'm an atheist not to disrespect religion, but whatever someone's religious beliefs, I hope it gives them some hope that someone who thinks like me thinks there's an afterlife. So that's one of the reasons I like to tell people I'm an atheist rather than having any disrespect for someone else's beliefs. And then I'll say, you know, depending on each one, there is a bunch of data I have come to think there's an afterlife after my own grief and, you know, do you have questions? Let's talk about it. And I'm happy to sit if they need to hear a little more of my personal experiences that I've had, such as medium readings. Do they more want to hear about quintuple blinded studies I read about? Do they want me to give them resources? And I'll just talk through and see what they need and let them ask questions and talk however you know i think each one of us needs to process information our own way so i try to meet them there and share that i came to this the exact same way i love the level of respect that you give for it because you said meet them halfway and you don't do it from a point of well this is my belief so you got to believe it it's more of a hey this is why i believe and where i'm coming from so regardless of where you're coming from if you need some help i'm willing to offer what i know and what i'm willing to do and it just it works so well with you know being on this particular show because we're all about inclusiveness and just love for each other so it's nice that you know like a christian and an atheist can sit down and have a conversation about the afterlife and end up both with smiles on our face and talking to, and hearing both perspectives i i think it's just super neat what's up lynn 
What you got, buddy? Uh, well, I, I'm sure that uh, my family doesn't like to hear that I don't actually practice Christianity. I, I practice Druidry. Uh, so, you know, the spirituality side, uh, like Brandon was saying, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very big into it. I believe that we are all connected um, in some manner of energy and life source. Um, so it also coincides with the conscious mind, uh, you know, that you had talked about. And uh, like Brandon was saying as well, I do I do love and respect that, you know, you you don't come to uh talking with different people from you know being as being an atheist is um you know forcing this upon you but it's more of a conversation and i think that people in all spectrums of religion and spirituality if we could just have a conversation you know we would have a better understanding of the people that we are talking to about this subject yes. right um, I, so yeah I'm go sorry. ahead you're I was good. gonna say, I think how the universe was created and how our consciousness exists is one of the most complicated questions and that you wouldn't like a person because they conclude it differently. That just, I, I can't even begin to understand yeah. why you wouldn't like a person over something like that or think that they have to conclude about you as long as they're respectful. And I mean, these are really complicated questions. It'd be yeah, ridiculous no. to be like, you have to think the universe was created the same way I do, or I won't like you. I mean, that's insane to me. Yeah, that's there's, insane. there's a there's a saying I like to say. Um, it's I guess it's a little mean, but uh, everybody uh, opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one, and yep. some of them stink. You know. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for our last question here, um, which it's gotten used on me. Uh, at least three different times now and they've tripped me up uh, with my own question here um so the question is what is one question that you wish we would have asked you and how would you have answered that question okay so a question maybe that would have been interesting to ask is is there anything now that would make me change my mind back to assuming there's no afterlife nice yeah and my answer is physics would come up with an explanation for all the phenomena that I have seen that I cannot explain that I've concluded it seems like there's an afterlife and they would have an answer and the answer is not an afterlife. Mm. So you would need a, a really hardcore scientific based, you know, hey, cut and dry, we figured it out kind of thing. Yes, yes. Oh, and okay. that's still not a hundred percent because science always builds upon itself and yeah. grows and changes and yesterday's Correct. facts are today's fiction and it evolves and evolves well it's like they brought up uh yeah. they tried to find the soul and how much the soul actually weighs uh, so they were uh testing people who were on death's door and setting them down on a giant scale until they died and uh, it actually came up as like 34 uh kilograms i think is what they were saying something like that i i don't remember the whole study or whatever but i i found it very interesting that people uh were doing that uh yeah, they so. had a pretty cool uh like a, a pretty solid you know database to say hey the soul has weight and i thought that was interesting conclusion to come to yeah i read about it i don't remember the number my guess would be again i think it's more of like a type of quantum entanglement from a cloud. My guess is that as you pass, like probably 
other layers of like air and lungs and claps. My guess is it comes to more of a physical right. reason for why you weigh less. That's what I would I like, conclude about that. I like that you use the uh, quantum entanglement theory. Yeah. Uh, so, so my belief is that we all come from source energy, right? The tree of life. And that we are born from the fruit of the tree that falls uh, to us and to bodies, right? Which is the fruit would be the soul, you know? And once the body is gone, the soul moves back to source energy, which as I would think it would be quantum entanglement as well. That's great. I just want to say, um, you know, I wish we had more time to continue on this. Uh, this is a very big subject and it goes uh, quite down to the rabbit hole, Alice. Uh, you know, um, but thank you for being here. Uh, we loved having you. This is this is the type of stuff that we like to listen to, uh, hear about, learn more about, uh, because it is a teaching thing as well. Uh, to our audience, uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to us. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, make sure you, you go and, uh, you know, follow us on Facebook. You know, we're, we're on every major uh, platform for podcasts so if you can't find it anywhere you're not looking <laughs> true uh, I also want to reiterate that thank you so much Liz for being on our show tonight we really enjoyed this conversation we're definitely going to have to get you back on because we had a lot more questions planned but 30 minutes just is never really long enough for something especially like this but uh, thank you thank you so much do you have any closing statements for our audience tonight just first of all thank you so much for having me this was really fun questions i love getting to think and it was just a really fun conversation and i guess closing comments for the audience if any of you are in grief whatever your beliefs like it's hard there's real evidence and it's worth at least considering you don't have to have a final conclusion but it's you know if if you're hopeful but it seems almost impossible at least give it a look let yourself do that that doesn't mean you have to have a final answer hmm absolutely i agree it it's worth digging into and finding out more information because life is too short to expect a final answer on everything but it's never too short to question and learn because that's what we're built for is learning and i think once you stop questioning things and learning is you know, that's kind of when you die whether or not you actually died or not because your brain is built to learn and if you start giving up well i mean what do you got left if you're not at least experiencing life and learning is a huge part of experiencing preach it brother <laughs> um i want to give a shout out to all of our family over on reality we love you guys everybody listening out there on facebook youtube twitch thanks for watching you know all of our tavern family we really 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 love you guys honestly love you mean it um thanks for stopping by guys we really appreciate you go ahead and check out um the uh www wtfjusthappened.net um, you can reach out and you know, talk with Liz and get more information if you like tonight's episode and uh, as always thanks for stopping by the tavern thank you